What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Reports, college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined a Friday morning, my man Mello, and we have a fun show tonight, buddy. Getting uh, back to our roots a little bit. It's summertime. We're going to have a little bit of fun tonight, as well summer, as... Summer, summer, summertime. Was that supposed to be the Will Smith song, Summertime? <clears throat> yeah, it was. There's also me warming up the chords for you wow. tonight. I, I like to think you're a good singer. That was bad. Uh, I don't think I am a good singer, but for me, singing and dancing is a lot like golfing. I'm not good at any of those things, but I like to do all three of them. So yeah. it, does, it doesn't matter to me. Like I don't care. I like I'll to go do make a fool of myself. Those three things together. I'll do a little karaoke. You dance and golf? Mm-hmm. I might as well. I can't golf. The Lord <laughs> knows that. So, uh, yeah, we are going to have a fun show. Um, we are going to uh, go around the league, talk about what's happening we're going to jump into something that our good friend, not so much, Derek Carr said, or no, David Carr, excuse me, wrong brother, said this week about Joe Montana not being a top 10 quarterback of the Super Bowl era. So we're going to list our top five quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era. Our guy, Adam Kramer, he has Twitter on fire with this top 10 beers, not brands, but different types of beers. We're going to jump into that. And of course, your guys draft on draft questions, Mello. But let's start right here. The NFL, I have the rundown like divided between the NFL made a bunch of announcements this week that I feel like we need to talk about. And then there was some actual news in terms of roster movement, injuries, things like that. So let's start here with what the NFL is doing to our lives. They announced draft locations. So 2020 will be in Las Vegas. We'll probably be in New York. No, nah, I think we might be in Vegas for that. One. I think we might be in Vegas for that with one. the Caesars deal. Yeah, very excited about 2021 will be in Cleveland, which is cool because football was founded in Canton. It's right down the road. The Browns have a great fan base. We will probably be in New York for that one. I hope so. Like, <laughs> honestly, I don't want to go to Cleveland in April. I would rather be in New York for that one. Like, yeah, have fun. Dude, I've never been to Cleveland. The Rock and actually, Roll Hall so. of Fame. Tell Drew Carey I said hi, but I would rather be in New York for that one. Okay. 2022 undecided. TBD. I'm going to petition for it to be in Joplin. I think we just shut down the whole town. It'll be like third Thursday. If anyone's ever been here, we just block off Main Street, get 500,000 people here. So you'd have to block off all of it, like <laughs> all of Joplin. I mean, no one would come, but it's it's a great idea. I think that they're just holding out that this thing's really going to be in L.A. Yeah, just, I, think so I think they're making sure that like, the stadium is built and everything goes smoothly, and then they're going to announce that it's in L.A. And then in 2023... Kansas freaking city. And I, I did radio in Kansas city this week when it was announced and they were like, uh, where are all the people going to go? And I think it will be a lot like when the Royals won the world yeah. series, yep. the parade had about 250,000 people. They flooded downtown, literally flooded downtown the union station area. I'm excited for these locations. So I think Vegas will be a lot of fun. I've already heard, uh, that to get a room, for uh, like the that week, rooms are going for a minimum of one thousand dollars a night in Vegas. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so if you are going to go, start booking now and saving. Yeah, you now should have booked by now. Yeah, because that is going to be an expensive trip. Everybody yeah. always says like, "Oh, once you get to Vegas, it's not that expensive." That's a lie. Where the hell did they go? Because I, I went one time. That's an expensive. City. We went last summer, and I believe I spent like three hundred dollars on dinner. Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. So I don't know where they're staying or what they're eating. Where we stayed and what we ate was not. Or maybe cheap. we just know how to vacation and we are going to the cheap places. Everybody <laughs> right. else is like, oh my God, Vegas, it's so great. Yeah. Really, it's expensive and it's hot. It was, oh my God, it was so hot. So Vegas will be fun though. I think uh, as a 
if you were like a single dude and you were going to be like, okay, let's get the boys together. I know hypothetical for you here, but if you were a single guy with some friends <laughs> and wanted, even relate. wanted to go do something fun, the draft in Vegas wouldn't be terrible if you're okay with crowds. Yeah. And like a lot of people with the Nashville thing, they turned it into bachelor parties. That's smart. Uh, so I think Vegas is just a natural fit. And that's probably what the NFL saw too. Like, hey, all these bachelor parties are going to Nashville. Let's just go ahead and throw this thing in Vegas too. I think I think it'll work. You know I honestly I think do? it's going to be a very good crowd. If I there. ever got married again, do you know where I would have my bachelor party? Mobile. <laughs> yeah, okay. I really would. It's cheap. I yeah. love Mobile. I hear it's great around the third week of January. That's when I would do. I would just make the Senior Bowl my bachelor party. All the draft media people are already there. All my friends in the oh, NFL yeah. are already there. It just makes sense. It's cheap. Everyone could go. You could get a nice Hi, hotel room. would be there. Right. You could get a nice hotel room on Mobile for like $75 a night. Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, you could live like a king for in an Airbnb. Oh, yeah. If you if they have those houses there. I don't know. They do. They do. We, we've, that's what we've done the last two years. So, uh, yeah, Mobile is what I would do. Honestly, like that's a great boys weekend. Just get like four guys, split an Airbnb, drive or fly to Mobile, fly to New Orleans, drive to Mobile. Yeah, it's a fun it, trip. we've talked a, obviously a lot about the Senior Bowl. I think the big misconception about that is still that you have to be credentialed media. Like, yeah, you don't. I when I got there, I picked up my credential, I jammed it in the bottom of my backpack, and I never saw it again. Oh yeah, no, because nothing that I wanted to do was a part of the Senior Bowl. I, I still went to the practices. Yeah, you can go to practices and not be credentialed at all. You can just go sit in the stands, especially if you're doing it to like scout and you're not trying to get interviews with players. Which oh, are going to be pretty much worthless anyway. Right. I mean, nobody got a good interview. In no, it's Mobile. all like press conference style. Yeah. yeah, that's what. So anyway, that is a tangent that we went off on there. So let's talk <laughs> about the combine, though. Perfect segue. The combine, uh, there's been talk about will it move, will it not move? Will it stand in Indy for now? But they are changing things up. And this is actually going to hurt my ability to do my job a lot. Because a big part of what I do in Indy, you've been there with me, is you watch the workouts, then you go out at night and have dinner and drinks, and you run into people in the NFL. Yeah, some Literally. very popular yeah. coaches in the right. NFL. Some very attractive coaches in the NFL. And now they are changing to where many of the drills will be in primetime uh, prime excuse me, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. So like the prime, let's go out to prime. Oh, yeah. Hours are now we're going to be have sitting to go to lunch now. Yeah, we're going to be sitting in my hotel suite watching workouts, ordering room service. It will be different from a business standpoint. It really makes sense for the NFL. People want to watch the combine. If you're a fan of the draft, you yeah. want to watch it, but they have it during the day. So you can't or you have to watch the recaps or you have to risk getting in trouble at work by watching it online. So moving it to prime time does make sense, even though it's going to. Everyone that's a creature of habit, like yourself, oh, it's gonna is going to be pissed off about it. They don't want yeah. this thing at night. They're already doing enough at night. But I think it's also probably good for the players, too, because now they're going to do those medicals. They're going to do the interviews oh, during the day. Point. And they're going to work out at night. They're not going to be drained from all the workouts and then go do the interviews. So they'll get that chance to hopefully sleep in. If I'm an agent, I'm going to schedule my guy and let him get some sleep. Instead of saying, okay, this is what time the workouts are. This is what time you need to be there. I would probably try to help them out a little bit more. At least they would be an option now that they are going to move it to prime That's time. That's a good point because the players a lot of times have free time at night right now. Yep. And instead, yeah, that could work out a lot better for the players. And it is, I mean, it helps us. We cover the NFL draft for a living. The more people that are fans of the draft is better for all of us. 
being a creature of habit like I am, it is going to suck a little bit. So, oh yeah, I mean, you probably already have reservations there for next <laughs> year that you've just set in stone. Uh, you already. know, BJ Kissel and I have a standing reservation every year at the same restaurant, same time Wednesday night of the combine. I don't know what we're going to do, BJ. We have to change it. We have to move it. Let me know. Text me because I'm freaking out a little bit about it. Uh, <laughs> so I'll do a lunch. Yeah, you only have a couple months to figure it out. Yeah, so right? that's good. I already have my hotel booked for next year. Nice. I don't. Yeah, if so, I get on that, we'll get on that because they do go fast. All right, uh, one more thing the NFL let us know about this week: a rule change. And this I saw was met with. There were people on Twitter. It was like, "Oh, it's about time." And then there were people who were like, "Why?" So the NFL actually outlawed the Oklahoma drill and bull in the ring. So if you didn't play football growing up, the Oklahoma drill. I need a diagram. I can't really describe it. You have two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, a linebacker, and a running back. Between they, bags. They pretty much just run at each other in a five-by-five five box yeah. and try to kill each other. Yeah, I mean, it's the greatest drill in the world. <laughs> it just has a terrible name. It really has. Yeah, and it like I think the injuries from it, it's thought of as antiquated. Like That's how you separate football players from basketball players. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Like, you find out, or quickly. you know, like fall baseball, whatever they're doing. Like, if you can't do the Oklahoma drill, you probably can't play. Football. You know, as a player, the drill I liked Oklahoma drill. Um, I was always fine with it. I hated angle tackling. I hate. I mean, no, yeah, because it's just one on one open. It space. just hurts. That's it a just, hard tackle to yep, make. It, it's just not fun. So for me, that was when it was like, should I run track? Because angle tackling isn't great, especially when you're the ball carrier because the coach is yelling at you like, don't make a move. Like, <laughs> run the drill. It's just some dickhead <laughs> like me and it's like, no, no jukes, no spins. Right. You run in a straight line, you're going to hit each other. Lead with your head. Well, I, would, your I would literally run, like if I'm running, you know, to the a 45 degree angle to the right, I would put the ball in my right hand and I would put my left arm up. Just go ahead. Just, I'm a tackling dummy. Just hit me in the ribs. <laughs> yeah, I'm going don't down hit me in easy. the arm, please. Hit yeah. me in the ribs. So it is news that they like come out and they say no more Oklahoma drill, no more bull in the ring. But who's doing this anymore at an NFL training camp? I mean, camp? two days are banned. There's who's doing Oklahoma no drill? No way that you're getting two guys. Like, you're not putting Aaron Donald in there to tackle Todd Gurley. I mean, Aaron Donald against Andrew Whitworth, Oklahoma drill would be kind of fun. Yeah, but risking losing Todd oh, no, Gurley? Can't. Like, there's no, no way in yeah. hell you're going to do that. Bull These in the guys ring, know how to tackle. Like, I feel like Bull in the Ring is in every football movie ever, and I've never actually seen it in a football practice. Have you ever done it? No. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we we used to do it a little bit in high school. Uh, we never. Really? No. I, I honestly don't know what the point is. I mean, everybody Shedding gets in a blocks. circle, and one guy stands in the middle, and the coach points at people, and they run at the guy in the yeah, middle. I mean, and it's, usually it's like, oh, the guy's probably behind me. I'm going to get trucked. Right. Yeah, I have no idea what the point is. But, I mean, I can also remember one time in high school we played soccer, but it was full padded. And you got to tackle, like, for real. It was, so you played rugby. It was a shit show, but with full pads. And oh. nobody was even kicking the ball anymore. So football coaches are stupid. They, they do some No, they shit. really are. It's like there's this game that's been around for 100 seasons now in the NFL, and it hasn't evolved <laughs> at all. No. It's like, ah, oh, let's just do ball in the ring today. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Angle tackles, whatever. Somebody's going to get hurt, but the NFL steps in Do you in guys and says still no do more. angle tackling, or do you do it oh, with All a, the time, almost every day. Yeah. That was... Because I coached defensive backs, so like that was the, playing DB or playing receiver or yeah. running back. It's the only thing you do. Um, I went and helped coach a couple summers ago, like at a camp. It was one of those appearance things, and they were having the kids instead of doing angle tie, angle tackling, they carry like an inner tube, like a tractor tire inner tube, and you tackle that now. Oh, there's so many things out there. They have like, what robots. Is that? What? 
Oh, like geez. remote controlled cars that are dummy chase the whole and they team, run right? and you just tackle that or like the wheels that you can just roll out there and they go tackle that it's kind of I'm pretty was. old school so I'm still body on body kind of guy yeah I think like you it's kind of like if you were a boxer and you simulated punching something else in the face it's like sparring yeah, you got to know what it's like to get hit in the face exactly. before you go out there. And you got to know what it's it. like to be tackled before you run the football. Yeah, like cops getting tasered. You got to know what you're working with before you use it. You got to do it just once. <laughs> is that real? I don't know. It we have be. to have some cops that listen, some police officers that listen. Uh, I would love for them to know, uh, to let us know. All right, let's move on to some actual news and notes. Uh, I know you're going to be surprised by this one because you know my theory about players who are hurt in college consistently are hurt in the NFL consistently. Nick Bosa, who was hurt senior year of high school towards ACL, was hurt last year with a core muscle injury. He's hurt again. He uh, popped a hammy. He's going to be out three weeks. And I, I'm not saying that like Bosa is going to be a bust. I'm not saying it was a bad pick. But you have to be aware of this. The guys that can't stay healthy in college are going to struggle to stay healthy in the NFL. Yeah, especially with these like breakdowns, like muscles. It's it's not a good sign. From was it a groin injury or? They were saying it was like hernia. hernia, and now the hamstring so early on, it's going to bring up some red flags for him. And I hope that he gets on the field. I would never hope, you know, anything bad for a player, but it is not looking good so far. His brother, though, his brother missed some time, and he's still okay in the NFL. I, I, it wasn't toward for an injury, but once Nick Bosa gets on the field, I think he'll be fine. But yeah, I think you're right too. Is he going to get on the field? Like it's always been a struggle for him. Uh, his first two seasons at Ohio State, he stayed fairly healthy, but he was working heavily in a rotation. That's a good point. Uh, with a, one of the deepest defensive lines we've seen in college football in recent history. And then his junior year, he comes out and he gets hurt pretty early on. So not looking great if you're a 49er fan. I think it just brings some some questions that we already had. It really brings attention to it. Uh also, for the 49ers, this happened right before we started recording on Thursday night. Jimmy Ward broke his collarbone. So they just, they can't stay healthy. It's that injury bug. They got something going on over there. We need a new team doctor. Uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, uh, one of the most plugged in people in the NFL, uh, had a, a tweet, uh, and I believe it maybe came out in an interview, and then he tweeted about it, saying that he was skeptical of Jared Goff, and he's not sure the golf will get a second contract with the Rams. This shocked the hell out of me. They were just in the Super Bowl, right. almost won, and he's saying Jared Goff might not get a second contract. Obviously, the rookie season there was was not great, and the Rams do have uh, a roster that like they're going to have to pay certain people. But they just paid Aaron Donald. They've paid Todd Gurley. I, yes, they've paid Todd Gurley. So I, I wonder more like, okay, well, who's more important? Like he. He's someone you got to keep. Uh, yeah, oh, especially over like Todd Gurley or some of the other receivers. But he is coming up. The two that he has, 2019 and 2020. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to pick up that. Uh, or 20, 2020, excuse me, would be the fifth year option. Mm -hmm. So 2021, he would be a free agent. Yeah, and he did have a good year. I don't, a lot of people question Jared Goff. It's like you either like him and you support him or you hate him. There's no middle ground that's like, would oh, you I don't know about him? this guy. Oh, of course I would. I mean, he just took you to a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl that... If it's almost any other team in the NFL, they probably win that game. But you went up against Tom Brady. Like, what are you going to do there? He's also only 24 years old. And I mean, his coach is still very young in that system. He's still very young in that system. I know that his rookie year absolutely sucked. He looked terrible. That's a Jeff Fisher yeah, offense. So it's hard to tell. I mean, and that's a team that was picking first overall to get Jared Goff. 
The or, last two years, he's thrown 60 touchdowns to 19 interceptions. Yeah, so I still think there's promise there. I'm not going to come out and say he's like the best quarterback ever, but he's 24 years old. I think he's going to get a second contract. Look at the quarterbacks in the NFL that have. Ryan Tannehill got a second contract <laughs> right? with the Dolphins. Like Andy Dalton, there are guys out there. If you can just prove that you can throw the football a little bit, you're going to get a second contract. I think it goes back to the, for the record, I would absolutely extend him. It, hopefully he has to know he's not getting Patrick Mahomes money out of this deal, um, which is expected to be in the 40 to $45 million a year range, but he should be getting, you know, 30 to 35. Who are you going to replace him with? Yeah. And the quarterback class, they're looking pretty good. And they pick at the end of the round. Yeah. So I don't know this. You can not support Jared Goff, but the dude is going to get a second contract. Like I would bet almost everything on it. Probably my life that Jared Goff gets a second contract with the Rams. You got a tattoo on it? It would be ludicrous. Oh, hell yeah, because <laughs> you know I'm not getting that. But he's going to get a second contract. I mean, you look yeah. at guys like Mariota and Jameis Winston. Those are two names that are coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, if they got a second contract, especially Jameis with the new coaching staff. They haven't done anything in the NFL at all. They've both been terrible. They could get a second contract. They probably won't, but they could. So, of course, you're going to give Jared Goff one. I have a theory. You mentioned the Bucks that they will be terrible this year, and Bruce uh, will just retire. He's like, yeah, that would not shock me at all. No, thanks. Yeah, he comes back for one more year, and then it's just like, no. Yeah, because they're they're not going to be good. No. It's going to be a rough year in Tampa Bay. It is going to be a rough year. When we come back, we are going to go through, thanks to our buddy Adam Kramer, at Cakes and Eggs on Twitter. We're going to go through the top 10 beers, and we're going to rank them, Mello. All right, not necessarily a football topic, but our guy who covers college football and is one of the best writers on the planet, Adam Kramer, uh, works for Bleacher Report. He set Twitter on fire. Have you met him before? He's I still have not. Just like you. Adam, if you're listening, can't wait to meet you, buddy. He's like a taller you. I was drinking, so yeah. it sounds like a pretty all right guy to me. Yeah, no, yeah, he probably is too right now. Yeah, you would have <laughs> yeah, you'll meet him, you would love him. Um, so he he tweets this out, and I don't know where the encouragement came from. I really don't. But he ranked beers and not like Miller Light, Coors Light, Bud Light, but he ranked them based on the Time like location that you would yeah, have. Yeah. So like the types of beers. So I tweeted my list out and it, it got it was controversial. I, I definitely <laughs> think it was there were some people who were upset. Was it? Yeah, yeah, there were. And so I challenged you to make your own. So do you just want to go through this like 10 to 1, just ping pong style, real quick? Yeah, sure. Because I feel like like I mean, our listeners are diehard football people. It's summertime and our the Royals are terrible. We don't want to talk about that for 10 minutes. So this is just like a fun little off segment. If you don't want to hear us rank beers, you can fast forward 10 minutes. And it's just, it's lighthearted fun. It is. So, and you can tweet us and tell us we're dumb. We're not going to get upset. 10 to 1? Yeah, 10 being the, uh, there's no bad one. 10 being right, the, the, the least good one. Okay, so for number 10, I'm going end of the workday beers. Okay. Especially if that workday happens to be a Friday, just like you've had a long day, you come home, you crack open a cold one. I feel like that's it kind of sets your whole night up for what you're about to do. Like it's a reset button on life. You don't really have those, but a nice beer at the end of the day, after you've had a long one, I feel like that is a great beer to have. I don't have an office job. So I, that one doesn't apply to me. <laughs> I don't have a, <laughs> a job. job. <laughs> yeah, So I went with lawn game beers. It's like if you're out in the backyard, like playing cornhole or horseshoes or whatever it might be, 
I feel like you have to have a cane in your hand to play those games, and that's a good feeling. Yeah, the yard games. Yeah. I, I kind of have something similar on the okay. list. Number nine. Too. Number nine, I'm going bachelor party beers okay. uh, because I didn't see anybody else talk about that one. The first beer or shot that you crack for a bachelor party sets the tone. Especially if it's in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, so if you're going bachelor party beers are good because you know that's the first of many. So that's number nine for me. I like that one. Um, I went with grilling beers. And and this is one that people got on me for being too low. I was, I was going to get on you for that being too low because you're at number nine right now and you're already throwing grill beers at me. Yeah. And so I was I just did radio before you came in tonight with Gabe Eichert uh, from Sirius XM. Hogan. Uh, Hogan, yeah. And we were talking about this list. I, I thought they were having me on to talk about football. And we just talked about this, basically. And what I explained was, and you guys know this because you've been to my house, you guys in here, not you guys. <laughs> but like my house, like it flows from the kitchen and there are French doors and then there's the big patio in the pool and like everything. So grilling, like for me, my my barbecue grill is four steps away. I don't know, 10 steps away from my refrigerator. So like it's not the same of like, oh, I'm 50 yards away or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just maybe I'm just not great at grilling. And so I need all my attention on the meat. There's your problem, other thing. Hill. <laughs> yeah, it's just I'm worried about my cold temperature and everything else. So I do like I actually like to drink lemonade while grilling. Okay, that's your call. Uh, so we were at that Here was your number nine. Card. Yeah, was grilling beer. So you're yep. gonna put that at nine. Mm-hmm. Just want to clarify that. Yep. All right, nine for you is grilling beers. Number eight for me, I'm going with holiday beers, specifically Fourth of July and Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, because those are two totally different beers. You have to go like domestic beer heavy Corona. on Fourth of July, yeah. and then on Cinco de Mayo, like give me a Dos Equis, give me a Corona, something like that. I think those are two more beers that just kind of put you in the mood. If you Fourth of July beers are some of the best. If you don't drink Budweiser on the Fourth of July, I' gonna need to give you a test about the Constitution. Like honestly, you probably should. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the only beer you can drink on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I mean, what is a more American beer than There's Budweiser? One. And it, I mean, it's not one of my favorite beers, but I, it's got to be like the most American beer that there is. Yeah, cans are red. Come on. Uh, number eight for me, I want office beers, which um, may be cheating because I just work alone and can I have the freedom to do whatever I want. But technically, I'm having one right now. Right. There's something to just having a beer while working that you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't be doing this. But I've been doing it for eight years. So some of the new has worn off here. But I like when we go to New York for things like sitting around having mm-hmm. a beer in the office at the end of the day. So maybe that's a lot like your number 10 for me. Yeah, because I cannot do that at my uh, full time job. You should try they just they, uh, there's actually a law against it. They don't let you have alcohol you have, in a classroom. You have office chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and I pound them too yeah. like crazy. And then I just get tired and I fall asleep and they poke me with a stick. Number seven for me, I believe. Number eight. No, I went. Oh, you're up. You're up. I just went holiday beers. Oh, okay. So mine was, I've got lawn, lawn game beer, grilling beer, office beers. So I've done three. So number seven for me, and this is going to, I'm going to take some heat for this. First class flight beers. Yeah, because you're going to When you're heat. like one of the first eight people on the plane and they're like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Miller, would you like a drink? Uh, yes, I would actually. And oh. getting that free beer and drinking oh, it while it's free, all while everyone else gets you on the plane with your ticket, and they they have to walk by you to the back of the miserable part of the plane, and you're just sitting there sipping a Blue Moon or something, pretty great. 
Yeah, you probably do it through a straw too, fancy. I don't. <laughs> uh, I would argue that like eighty to ninety percent of our listeners, myself included, have never had a first class beer. That's why it's a great. And thing. I might be shooting way too low with those numbers, so I cannot even relate to you. Number seven for me is a wee bit controversial, but I want to explain it. There's a reason why I didn't tweet out my list. Uh, here in the great state of Missouri, you can have these things called road beers. In Missouri, it is completely legal, and I would never do this as a driver. I would never do it in another state where it's illegal, and I am not recommending it at all. But this but is Missouri. why I stay in Missouri. <laughs> you can be the passenger in a vehicle and have a beer. It can be opened. It just cannot share a cup holder with the driver. So I have had road beers on the way to certain events. Like you're getting ready to go out. You want to have one more before you get to the bar. In Missouri, it's okay. So when that draft comes around in 2023 or whenever. Yeah. Well, Kansas City, it, the municipality of Kansas City, it's actually illegal. It, so you have yeah, to check you do have to check with where that. you're at. But you can drive from Kansas City to St. Louis on the interstate, and it is completely legal to have uh, for everyone but the driver to have a beer in Missouri. So this would have been number two on my list, to be honest. But... I didn't want to tweet it because people would be like, you're drinking and driving. And then I'd have to go through a whole thing about, no, it's legal. And it's legal right. in more states than you would think. And so. don't be an idiot. We would never encourage drinking and driving or tweet it out or talk about it on the show. No, like, don't, don't be stupid. Don't yeah. take advantage of, like, actually a pretty cool law. Don't be that person that ruins it for everyone else and maybe hurts someone. So uh, I'm glad you explained that. Number six for me, baseball game beers. Um, I actually pop. The only thing I like about Facebook is Facebook memories. It popped up for me a couple weeks ago that when Pop and I went to a baseball game, and like it was just me and him, which we'd never done before. And we sat in the outfield, and he doesn't drink, so I sat out there and had like you know three boulevards, a ton of brats, and just like sitting in the sun, drinking a beer, watching baseball is probably the most American thing I've ever done. Since our listeners know us so well, like I feel like they're really in tune with who we are as people. If you could paint a picture of our dad based off our personalities, he would be 100% the complete opposite of that. He doesn't give a shit about sports. Oh. He doesn't drink. I, he doesn't even Barely grill. Like, he loves like working on cars and construction and shit that I don't know about. So number six for me, I will actually go ahead and make mine baseball game beers too uh, because that is another just like American good old boy thing to do is go to a baseball game, Give the cash register your twelve fifty for beer, and then have one. But it is just—it's an American thing to do. You have to have a beer at a baseball game. Number five, morning tailgate beers. And if you're coming out to the tailgate tour, that schedule is going to be announced very, very soon. If you're coming out for that, you know that it doesn't matter if it's five a.m. at Ohio State or if it's eight thirty at LSU. Wherever we are, that first cracked beer of a tailgate is a great feeling. Yeah, it usually follows a bang. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crack yeah. that bang open, and then you go beers. Uh, I have tailgate beers on my list, too, uh, so I'll keep going. Number five for me, I have water beers. And no, that is not natural light, even though it could count. Uh, water beer would be like any type of activity you are doing around water, whether it be a beach or a lake or just a fucking slip and slide. <laughs> if you got a beer in your hand, it makes it better. You are afraid of water. Yeah, I am, but the people are <laughs> Like, I'll do a slip Liquid and slide. courage. I'll go to the beach and drink. I'm just probably yeah. going to drown and be terrified of the sharks. Also, make sure that it's legal because a lot of beer, a lot of beaches, because I'm going to one, we're going this weekend. A lot of them you can't take alcohol. So, Google yeah. that first. Number four for me, speaking of not allowed, forbidden beers. And a lot of people were like, what are you talking about? 
I think when you have that moment where you're drinking somewhere you're not supposed to, it mm-hmm. is a really good feeling. Like I put on their church beers, like before your bachelor, before your wedding, excuse me, which yeah. was basically a bachelor party. Uh, we were drinking in the church. Shouldn't have probably going to hell for it, but we did. And it was like, oh my God, I can't believe we're doing this. Or hey, these, the first beer you have in front of your parents. Like if you have those parents yes. that are anti-drinkers, like for me, like I remember having my first beer in front of our parents being like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And I was, I bet, 28 years old when that happened. And I still thought, like, I probably should not be having this beer right now. But I did it anyway, and now I just drink around them all the time. Yeah, movie theater beers. Oh, that's a good one. I've never done that. And some people are like, where do you live that your movie theater doesn't just sell it? <laughs> Java, Missouri. No, no, no. Yeah, you can drink yeah. in your car. Just don't bring that shit to a movie, because that would be weird. Right. Number four for me I, is a little bit low, and that's only because my other ones are so great. And that's golf beers. You have to go out there when you're golfing. You either buy it at the course or some of them are cool enough to let you bring your own. Having some cigars, drinking some beers, crushing some balls. It's a great Saturday. We need to do that more often. That's actually number three for me. We need to do that soon. Um, As soon as you're done with school. You're right. And throwing the cigar in there is great. So that's number three. Number two for me, patio beers. When I bought my house, one of the biggest selling points was the backyard, but specifically the patio. I got a TV out there, uh, like a, a table set up. There's like giant Jenga. There's like, it's just, it's like a cool spot to go hang out. And last summer, the first summer I lived in the house, just sitting out there at night, getting destroyed by mosquitoes, drinking some beer is, it's an You look like you feeling. had leprosy on your I really legs. Did. When we went to DC, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to go in the Capitol because I did. I looked like I had was a meth addict. So <laughs> yeah, I just had all these sores on my leg. I still have, I have some now. You have scars. Yeah, I really do. I actually do have scars from mosquito bites. Okay. I don't remember what number I'm on anymore. Two. I think I need to talk about three. Number three for me is grilling slash tailgate beers because those are kind of the same thing. Uh, I don't know how you could do either one of those events without a beer in your hand. So that's why that's number three for me. Number two is a shotgun beer. Just I don't even care where you are. If you can poke a hole in the bottom of that baby and you can crack that top, that's a great night. It's going to start you off, especially if you want to get a little bit rowdy. That's usually what I do when I drink. So shotgunning beers would be number two for me. I'm so bad at it. I couldn't put it on. Oh, oh, I'm terrible. You are the only person I can beat. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really bad at it. (laughs) I'm terrible. I don't know. I've been crushed by so many people. I don't know how I'm so bad. It's like the cold beer hits my back teeth and I'm locked up. Oh, I can't. Yeah, it's the temperature for me. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I need to go to like a class about this. I'm not a fast drinker anyway. That's kind of like my golf dancing and singing take. I'm not good at shotgunning a beer or chugging a beer, but I'll do it. You make up for it in theatrics. (laughs) That one time you're referring to, I definitely did. I went all out. All right, number one for me, free beer. Oh, yeah. Same for me. If someone buys you a beer, that's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, I was actually in college one time, and we went to a frat party because we were idiots, uh, and we were stumbling around, and uh, one of my friends tripped over something in the backyard of this frat house. They had a uh, cooler that was buried in the ground, and he tripped over it, and we found like 96 free beers. And I remember said night. We were in college, and we might have been a little bit young. We got that cooler out of the ground and had 96 free beers. It was one of the coolest things we've literally ever stumbled upon. It was it was better than any Christmas present I've ever had. Right. It's like, oh, my God, did he break his foot? What did he trip on? Open it up. It's 96 it's Coronas. It's glowing. It, <laughs> yeah. It's like midnight, and I, we saw everything. It was amazing. 
All right, that's our list. Let us know yours. Tweet them at us at Stick to Football. When we come back, we're going to get back to football. We're going to stick to it a little bit here. The top five quarterbacks of all time. David Carr is going to be upset with us, guaranteed. All right, we are back, and we're. This is a lot of rankings tonight, a lot of lists, but we know you guys are here for that, and we are going to rank the top five quarterbacks of all time. Normally, we don't get into things like this, but I, I feel like we might because David Carr um, was asked to put out a list of the top ten quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era, and he did not put Joe Montana on there, which is highly controversial. Uh, highly, highly. I mean, because we agree on his position, not to spoil it. it but we agree on his position to have him not in the top 10 is ridiculous. I don't even know how you can be a fan of any type of football and say, Joe Montana is not top 10, right? I could understand. Oh, he's not number one. He's not number two. Uh, I have these players. He's like number six, but to leave him out completely of the top 10, he should have just come out and been like, yep. You know what? I forgot to put Joe Montana on there. We do a top five every Friday, and people slide in there and on Twitter, and they'll tell us who we forgot. And I'm like, yep, sorry. I didn't put Zeke Elliott as a top player under 25 years old because it slipped my mind. I would think that if I were going to go on TV and do it, I would make sure, like, oh, yeah, Joe Montana is on That's the list. That's a pretty obvious one. Like you said, I mean, we do a lot of rankings. Sometimes you do forget something, and then someone will tweet at you, and you're like, oh, my bad. Or you have a reason, like, that maybe there was context yeah. that we didn't explain when you list the top 10 quarterbacks and you don't have Joe Montana on there, we're going to have to talk about it. So no draft for us this week. We just both made a list of the top five quarterbacks. I want to start at number five. I picked Steve Young here, and I know that I'm not going to have the stats to back it up because he didn't start for a long time because mm -hmm. he was behind Joe Montana. And and I, when when Chris Sims worked with us, we would have these conversations a lot where you get into conversations about, are we talking about production are we talking about traits? What like what are we talking about? For me, it's a combination of that. And so with Steve Young, he changed the game because I know there were other guys. Like, I mean, because he was left-handed, he was left-handed, but he was also he was short. He was a running quarterback. I mean, they tried it's moving Mormon. him to fullback. There were a lot of reasons. He was he was a lawyer. Do you know that? A lot of reasons he changed the game of football. He was also probably the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen to this day. So I put him at number five. No, he doesn't have the career yards. He threw over 33,000 yards um, concussions probably shortened his career mm -hmm. um, to some extent, but you know, he, he started, you know, a little bit in Tampa wasn't great. Comes to San Francisco, gets with Bill Walsh and it just, it clicks. And then throughout his career there, even after Bill Walsh with Seifert and, and the rest of Mariucci and the rest of the, the coaches there, I mean, he was the best quarterback in the NFL for a good amount of time, in my opinion. Yeah, and I like Steve Young, too. I didn't put him on my list, uh, but I did always like watching him play. I went with uh, another guy. The two things that I really kind of look at were uh, passing yards and passing touchdowns. And my number five guy actually ranks fifth in both of those categories, even though he never won a Super Bowl, I love Dan Marino. I did not like him uh, at the later part of his career. I couldn't stand to watch him play anymore. But he was a great quarterback. Very, I yeah. almost underrated as a quarterback because what he did, and I think without Dan Marino, we don't really see the offenses that we see in the NFL today, these real pass-happy offenses. But because of a guy like Dan Marino who comes in and does everything for a very long time, it held the record for some of these things. So Dan Marino, for me, is number five, regardless of the Super Bowl thing. I really think that quarterbacks winning a Super Bowl is so overrated. Maybe the most overrated like stat that people look at in all of sports. 
because it's it takes 22 guys. Like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, and he barely did anything for that team. So Super Bowl wins, I don't care about. Dan Marino, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play, I'm actually going to have him at number five on my list. Here's my favorite Dan Marino stat. In 1984, he threw for over 5,000 yards. In 1984. This was before Mm -hmm. you were born. It was before the rule changes that now made it like flag football. He threw for over 5,000 yards. The first time that ever happened. He did it as a second-year quarterback. Do you know Aaron Rodgers has never thrown for over 5,000 yards? And he does this in an era where you cannot touch receivers. And he doesn't even have running backs. Like, hand the ball off to most years. So... Yeah, Dan Marino didn't make my top five, but definitely one of the best of all time. Number four, I went with Brett Favre, and I want to be completely honest. When Brett Favre was in the NFL, I did not like him. It, it yeah. I did not appreciate him until it was too late to appreciate him. I think for a long time, um, because I'm such a big Tom Brady fan, I fought against the Brett Favre greatness because it was like, oh, well, but Brady's better. I was like, well... Okay, he might be, but Favre is still great, too. And so with Favre, I know that the, the critics are going to say the guy threw 336 interceptions. Yep, that's a big number. Yeah, It's a lot. He also played until he was 41, which added to that. I mean, he threw 19 his last year. He threw 22 that year with the Jets. He took chances. He was mm-hmm. rare. There's no one else like him because uh, he could make plays that it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. He also made plays that he absolutely should not have. So I love Brett Favre now and just totally didn't get it back then. Oh, I love him too. He's not on my list just because all the talents and guys around him. But if I could have a beer with like one quarterback, it'd probably be Brett Favre uh, for me, at least. Uh, Next guy on my list here, number four, uh, guy that doesn't make your list. I'm going with John Elway. You talk about traits versus production. Uh, John Elway, probably one of the best uh, prospects that we've ever seen come through the draft. Obviously, I wasn't scouting back then. I was was negative three when he was drafted. So watching him at Stanford, watching him with the Broncos, I don't think you can overlook the kind of product that he was. The prospect coming out of Stanford, the baseball player, everything that he was able to do for the Broncos, the ability to run, the strong arm, He did win two Super Bowls, even though I would argue that Terrell Davis won those two Super Bowls. But I still think that you have to have Elway on this list. He would have been quite a bit lower for me. He would be top 10, but probably closer to like eight. Is that personality based? No, it honestly isn't because it's just the... It, it honestly it goes back to the Super Bowl thing because I agree with you. I those years that they won the Super Bowl, it it was mostly Terrell Davis and Elway. Yeah. I think by traits you would you would put him up there. One of the I best mean, arms ever, a great runner, passing yards. He's ninth all time. Yeah. So I mean, not up there very high. We're talking top five. So I, obviously nine's a little bit low. And then if you look at passing touchdowns, he's eleventh. So I think there is a case that yeah, he's probably top ten. But the two Super Bowls do get very overrated for him. Uh, they do. Absolutely do. That defense was also really good. I mean, the receivers that he had, probably some of the most talented trio that we've probably One ever seen. One of the best seen. tight ends ever. Shannon mm-hmm. Sharp in there. Ed McCaffrey and Rod Smith. I mean, both of those guys would catch 100 balls a year and go over 1,000 yards. With Terrell Davis in the backfield, that offensive line was always great, and their defense always did enough. Like, that was an exceptional team, mm-hmm. one of the best we've ever seen. John Elway, at the end of his career, got a lot of credit for that, but it was a team victory. Speaking of people who got credit for winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos that should not have gotten credit for that, I'm going to pick Peyton Manning at number three overall. And I know I just took a little shot at him. I was at that Super Bowl. He did nothing. He did absolutely <laughs> nothing. But... Peyton Manning, you cannot deny, is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, but what he did from 1998 to 2010, 
is legendary. I mean, there's a he made Indianapolis a football town, and he was he and Brady. You know the the duels that they had. You know he set mm-hmm. the single season touchdown record at 49, um, which was surpassed by Brady very shortly after that. But I mean, he was just he was everything you wanted in a quarterback. He was perfect. You know, it was yep. the intelligence, the the accuracy, the touch, the leadership ability. He was perfect. Then he breaks his neck. And comes back and plays four very good years with the Denver Broncos. Uh, 2013, he threw over 5,400 yards, almost 5,500 and 55 touchdowns. It's just incredible that he was able to reinvent himself really at 37 years old and have such a great season. So whether it's traits, production, wins, I mean, Manning's got two Super Bowl rings, one with one, one with the Colts, one with the Broncos. I don't think you can have a list of the three best quarterbacks in football and not mention him. I agree with you, and I have him at number three as well. You look at passing yards, he's number two all time with only Drew Brees in front of him. And I mean, Drew Brees has been in the most pass-happy NFL offense for the last like 12 years. So, And then passing touchdowns, he is first with 539. And he did have a lot of talent around him too. But if you look at what those guys did after Peyton Manning or without him, they didn't do much. I mean, Edrian James was a very good running back, one of the best while he was playing. You look at Harrison, very good as well. Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, good players. But I think a lot of that had to do with Peyton Manning and what he was able to do. And I think he is the smartest football player that I've ever seen play. Yeah. His ability, because he didn't have the strongest arm. He didn't have the most accurate arm, I don't think. He knew what he was going to do with the ball before the snap ever happened. And that timing that he was able to get Helped him because obviously he's very accurate, did have a strong arm, but his brain and the way that he ran that offense, I've never seen anything like it. And I don't know that we ever will again with Peyton Manning. Number two for me, Joe Montana. And like you said, we agree. So on he this. did make your top. He five. did make I my was top. wondering yeah. if he was yeah. going to. <laughs> he made it. Um, I, I actually think with Montana, there are so many different storylines. It's like hard to pick one to talk about. Do you talk about the, the third round pick out of Notre Dame, you know, who was too small at six foot two, 200 pounds, but became in his era the greatest quarterback of all time. Do you talk about the catch? Do you talk about, you know, the connection that he had to Jerry Rice and John Taylor or, you know, being the perfect West Coast offense quarterback? Uh, or do you talk about the injuries? You know, that there, there were many seasons where he was hurt. 1982, only played nine games. 1986, only played eight games. Um, and then, you know, falling apart in 92 at 36 years old. He doesn't play, doesn't start a game for the 49ers, then goes to Kansas City, plays okay there, but is, is really hurt. It's with Montana, you almost think like there's some what if there too, because he's not really high when it comes to statistics. The one he is really high in though, 28 game winning drives, 26 comebacks. And he was the original comeback kid, just cool, calm before Brady. Montana was the guy where you were like, I don't care how many points we're down by. He's going to make something happen. Then Brady comes along and just does that times four. It feels like, but in my opinion, until very recently, Joe Montana was the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, and I agree with you, too. I have Montana as second. I think the gap between him and Manning is actually pretty darn close. Uh, Yeah, I do, too. But, I mean, there's a little bit difference. One was like the game winner, the comeback guy. The other one was like the stat guy. But I do think that you have to have Joe Montana on this list. You can't deny him. Even though I wasn't a fan of his. Obviously, you were a 49er fan growing up. I was always anti-Joe Montana. Like I, When I played like Tecmo Super Bowl, I put in Steve Young. I liked him better than Joe Montana, but I don't think you can deny the fact that he is the number two quarterback of all time. And again, you're not going to look at stats. You're not going to go to pro football reference and look at Joe Montana and be like, oh, well, he had this many yards or this many touchdowns. It just doesn't 
He doesn't tell the story of his career. The numbers don't. No, in my opinion. no, not at all for him. All right. Uh, spoiler alert: the number one quarterback all yeah, time. Who's it, it going to be? Uh, who's it going to be? It's Tom Brady, and it's oh, not close at it, all. No, anyone who denies this is doing so just to argue. Like right. there's no argument. Fourteen Pro Bowls, six Super Bowl champs, three MVPs, and honestly. I think that it's hurt Brady and Belichick and like LeBron gets this too, where you're so good that you don't win MVP because mm-hmm. honestly, Tom Brady should win it every fucking year. Yeah. Like what does he have to do to actually win the award? Right. I think he would have to do a lot more than most. People. Longevity is there. The The numbers are there. The wins are there. 28, three that comeback against the Falcons is mm-hmm. the most amazing sports display I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Every game I've ever watched, that is the most impressive thing I've ever seen. He's third all-time so far on uh, passing touchdowns. He might be able to catch Peyton Manning. I w- he will probably outplay Drew Brees. So by the end of it all, he might be number one in passing touchdowns too. He's not up there in yards, but I mean, still. The only argument that I think you can have with Tom Brady is, is he the greatest athlete of all time? The only person I think you can argue Tom Brady with is Michael Jordan. So which one of those is the true GOAT? I tweeted that once and was like, I think Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time. And people were like, he ran like a 5-240. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's not. Is he the greatest professional sports player of all time? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, I'm not arguing with you, but people will say that. Like, well, he's not an athlete. No, he's obviously not. Like right. the, at a point in my life, I probably could have outran Tom Brady, but I couldn't win six Super Bowls or however many he has. Do you think that I? The only argument that I think we'll get from this is the people saying, "Yeah, but he cheated." But I don't think he did. Like, are we really going to argue deflated footballs? Are we going to argue? Spygate? I still think that the the science says those balls would have deflated naturally. And I know a lot of people do. Like you're right, they hate on Tom Brady and they call him a cheater for this. They ran the ball all over. I don't even remember who they were playing. All over them and destroyed the Ravens. them. Yeah, and those deflated footballs had no effect on that football game whatsoever. So don't even come at me with that argument. It's stupid. You just hate Tom Brady and you want to make up an argument. There it is. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. I think if we did greatest football players of all time, he would be number one. Yeah, I think he would be too. I think he has to be. Jerry Rice, number three? Number two, I mean? Yeah. Who number three be? Emmett Smith. Really? No. I just wanted to see what you would do. <laughs> I would say Lawrence Taylor, but maybe we'll get into that. We have time this summer. We'll be back with your draft on draft questions. Guys, it is draft on draft time, and I want to just give a hat tip to our guy Jacob DeLong because he has two questions on here. They were both so good that I couldn't leave either one out. So let's jump right into it. If you swapped Bill Belichick to coach Alabama and Nick Saban to coach New England, do you think the teams would fare better or worse? Who wins more championships? I'm going to let you go first because I have a bit of a take about this. I think they would fare far, far worse. Both teams, I think, would be a lot worse. I would actually argue that Nick Saban would have more success. I don't think uh, Bill could go sit in somebody's living room and convince an 18-year-old to come play football for him. I think that's one thing about Nick Saban that does make him so great, and Alabama does pretty much recruit itself now. But old Bill doesn't have much of a personality. I think he's going to struggle to keep up with the recruiting. X's and O's, nobody's better, all, ever. We've talked about that a lot. No one ever is better than him at that. But as far as recruiting goes, I think he would struggle. So I thought I had a hot take, and then you just said the same thing as me. <laughs> I don't think Belichick would have the patience to recruit 
or no, the he would try to cut and trade everyone. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't do that. Right. Because he, I just don't know that he values the player enough. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't value players. You know, right. but, but I've even heard Julian Edelman say before, like, he knows if he doesn't do his job, his ass is gone. There's no hesitation from right. Belichick. You're just, you're gone. You're going to be cut. You're going to be traded. And I think his stuff is too complicated to, like, be a two year player or a three year player, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get on the field there if you're a rookie. Right. So I, that's what, I, and I don't, we saw Saban in the NFL and it didn't go very well. I know it was some also of the that, Dolphins. I know. But I just don't know. I think they're both the best ever at what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Good question, though. I do like it. I, I think Saban would have more success, especially if you pair him with Tom Brady. I think he could win a Super Bowl, therefore, I win think more. You could win a Super Bowl. We paired you with Tom Brady. Probably so. I don't know. And you know what? No, because what they did really. this year. Yeah. Was like that's, that's obviously a joke. Right. Uh, but he, very good coaches. All right. Second question from our guy, Jacob DeLong. Who would you choose as your analyst to watch a football game? Current day broadcasters uh, can be a two to three man, woman booth and one sideline reporter. So basically like your dream analyst, if you're going to listen to a game and this is, there are a lot of areas where you and I are very similar. And then there are some areas where we're wildly different. And I think this is going to perfectly highlight that. At least for one of them. Uh, for me, if I'm going like, what is it, the commentator? Yeah. It's got to be Gus Johnson. Has to be. Gus is God's gift to college football. After, oh, I'm going to change Jackson. my answer. Yeah, after Keith Jackson, who would probably be number one for me. But current day, still living, I would go with Gus Johnson because I love watching every game that he does. It does not even matter what it is. It could be 11 a.m., some shitty Big Ten schools playing each other. He makes it exciting. It could be the, like the primetime Fox Saturday night game. Whatever happens, Gus Johnson makes it a great game. The Texas-USC game, uh, we were at Louisville-Clemson that day, and it was we got back to the hotel, and it went to overtime. And yeah, I thought I was going to have a heart attack because of Gus Johnson. Like two years ago. Because every, like, every big throw was like, <gasps> anytime Ellinger put the ball in the air, it was like, oh my God, 30 yards deep. Bang, incomplete. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it killed me. So Gus Johnson is my pick as well. I love him. I know some people don't like that. They want more of the, you know, quiet, like Al Michael style, like here's the play mm -hmm. and Brady is sacked. I want the, I want the excitement. I want to feel the emotion. Yeah, I, every game that he does is gold for me. Yeah, so Gus Johnson would be my commentator as well. For color, I had Kirk Herbstreet on there. I love Herbie. I took him. I think Herbie is fantastic. He, you sometimes like just forget he's there because you're so used to, it's just like talking to one of your buddies. Like you're just used to that voice and he's so good at what he does. Um, I actually took Tony Romo because I know that Romo's shtick can get a little old of like, oh, he's predicting the plays, but he also brings like an all shucks, like fun to the game. So no, his like, no, man. his like, Oh, 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 this is going to happen here with Gus Johnson's. Oh, my God. Like, I would just be on a roller coaster that whole, for three hours. Tom or Tony Romo so much. I, I over the shtick of let me predict where the ball's going. Like, I get it. You're really smart. Like, congratulations. I'm not trying to take anything away from him there. I just don't like it. I don't like the when he looks at a fumble review or any of the stuff, the weird noises that he makes. I don't think he's that great on TV. And I don't like watching games that he does. Like any of the games. I don't like it. I don't care for him. So for me, you kind of already alluded to it. I'm going to take Kurt Herbstreit. I think he's one of the best 
personalities in all of college football, whether it's, you know, his commentating on the games, uh, what they do with game day in the mornings. I love Kurt Herbstreet. Uh, that is one guy that if I could have a beer with him, I would love to just sit down and talk to him about college football all day long. Yeah, Herbie's he's so good. He, he's underrated at what he does. For sideline reporter, I went Michelle Tafoya. I feel like she does a great job of actually giving me the information I want. It's not like she's not doing the awkward, you know, uh, tunnel interviews. She's always quick and accurate on injury stuff or like why a guy got pulled. And I think that's the sideline reporter's job is not so much to entertain me, but to inform me. And she's mm-hmm. really, really good at that. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Aaron Andrews because I loved her when she was doing it for college football. Now she does it in the NFL. Uh, I really think that she's very talented at her job and she gets the information out to you. There's no little cute gimmicks to it. It's this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm seeing. And she relays that information. I think she's really good at her job. Uh, she's not too bad to look at either. So there you go. Tyler Bilodeau. I, I hope that was right, buddy. What starting quarterbacks do you think are most likely to be replaced by selections in the 2020 draft? I'm going to cheat and say Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. <laughs> I, they drafted Ryan. How they drive in the fourth round. Those are the ones that like jump out to me of like these guys yep. should be replaced. They should be in this coming draft. I think that Rosen is still, he's going to get some more years to prove what he can do. I don't think they'll move on from them. I I hope he does too. I'm actually rooting for him now. You could probably say the Cardinals because you know they love to draft quarterbacks. Right. Uh, Other than that, it would be like retirements, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing that I had. Like maybe Big Ben, even though I think he signed an extension, I think he's another guy that could still uh, retire. Uh, Philip Rivers, who knows how long that dude's going to play. He's still great you know, quarterback. We're to a weird spot in the NFL where if you think about the teams out there, so we said Mariota and Winston, so those are Tampa and Tennessee. The rest of the league has either an established or a young quarterback. The Bills have Josh Allen, probably mm-hmm. not giving up on him yet. Dolphins have Rosen. Patriots have Brady. Uh, he's good. Jets have Darnold. Ravens have Jackson. The Bengals, we said maybe there they have Andy Dalton, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. They're not going anywhere. Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, Nick Foles in the AFC South. They're not going anywhere. The West, the Broncos drafted Drew Locke. To, so if Flacco doesn't work, they have Locke there. Mahomes is pretty good. Phillip Rivers mentioned him. Derek Carr, Yeah, maybe? I think maybe he's a guy that we would talk about. There's already rumors about them replacing him. But then in the NFC, and I'm going to say these just quickly, so keep up with me. Dak, then you got Eli and Daniel Jones, so they're fine. Wentz, and then Dwayne Haskins, so they're not changing. Trubisky, Stafford, Rodgers, Cousins, they're okay. Maybe Stafford, but I don't think they'll replace him There was like trade talk there, but I don't think so. South, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, James Winston. Cam Newton's health might be a question. They drafted Will Greer, though. So early. Right. So then the West, Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson. Jimmy G, maybe? Yeah. We we still haven't really seen him play. No. So there's not a lot of openings. I think that's going to be an interesting part of this of like, okay, there are these quarterbacks coming in to a from Herbert Eason, but whose job do they take? Mm -hmm. So, all right, um, let's move on here. So BK wants to know which teams need to get the top overall pick in order for Jerry Judy to go number one overall. Any. I would agree with you. Any team. Because you can pair him with anyone. I mean, the Falcons, if they get the first pick, maybe they don't take him. Right. Other than that, I think any team could be an option. I mean, you Tampa Bay could be an option. You put him opposite Mike Evans. That's a great tandem. Tennessee could use a, a receiver always. I don't care who they have. 
The Bengals, they're another team. Like A.J. Green is aging. The Jets, I think, could be another team. Any team could be in play for another receiver because this is a new style NFL. You're going to have three receivers on the field, if not four. So yeah. Jerry Judy fits everywhere because he plays on the outside, he plays on the slot, and you can't coach that kind of speed. Yep. Uh, Judy is, everyone knows, he's my number one player. I have a massive crush that was on a him. a sick graphic, by the way. Yeah, that Volt did? Yes. I, I messaged him, and I was like, hey, I have an idea. I want to compare Judy and Odell because they look the same. Like, they have the same body type. Mm-hmm. So can you do like a, you know, like a tearaway or something? And he messaged me back, and he was like, I've never seen two players look more similar than these guys. So, yeah. Um, I, that's my comp, and I'm going to die with it because they they look exactly the it, same. Judy's players. a little bit taller. Yeah, he's 6'1", 195. I mean, he's yep. just a little bit bigger. I think any team would be a fit for him. Really, really would be. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just too good yeah. not and, to pick and number one position value might hurt him uh, yeah. to actually go number one, but depth at any team is not going to hurt Do you know who him. the last receiver to go number one overall was? No. Keyshawn Johnson. Oh. 1996. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a couple guys go two, but yeah, going Johnson. one. Yeah, there's a couple. Charles right. Rogers. Yeah, that was that worked out. Uh, all right, last question from our guy Antha Oreo. Which sophomore seasons are you most excited to see? You're gonna say the easy one is Trevor Lawrence, obviously, <laughs> and I think another one is Justin Ross. That's just maybe too easy of an answer. I'm gonna steal this guy before you think of him, Rondale Moore at Purdue. That was mine. I loved watching him play. I Remember watching that first game last year and being like, holy shit, this guy's a freshman. Uh, what he can do on special teams, what he can do as a receiver, even though he hasn't really had a good quarterback around him, I want to see what he can do and what they can really draw up for him uh, this spring and this summer, what they can get going for him on offense. That would be uh, my kind of, I guess you could kind of call him a sleeper outside of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Ross. Yeah, and I Puka Williams from Kansas is going to be a fun one to watch as well. You mentioned Rondell Moore, Caden Stearns, Texas, your guy, mm-hmm. uh, Sertan at Alabama. Yeah, I absolutely really good. love him. Yeah, so there are, there are some good sophomores out there. And, and then there's always going to be the guys that, you know, didn't play last year, didn't play a lot last year, so we're kind of waiting to see them break out. Right. We need some edge rushers to break out. There is one at Clemson who's going to be a sophomore. Someone has to break out there because that defensive line got drafted. Right. It, that's the only reason why he could not get on the field is because the guy in front of him got drafted number four overall. It's Xavier, Xavier Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, I, uh, I think that he's going to get on the field, a very high recruit. He's the guy that I want to see in his sophomore year because we didn't see a whole lot of him his freshman year. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. That is a I do remember watching him uh, in a spring game, maybe, and, and saw him stand out. So... Um, it is funny with Clemson because they they literally lost everyone on their D line. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they replace it. I'm sure they'll do a good job. Um, Isaiah Simmons moving to linebacker full time is going to be fun too. Yeah. Uh, not a sophomore; he's a redshirt junior, but he's definitely going to be someone An- to watch. Another sophomore, Jalen Waddle, at Alabama. I know that those guys, oh yeah, Judy Rugs, they all get the attention. But Waddle was very good last year. Caught the ball, 45 catches, 848 yards. He is rumored to be like the fastest guy in the country next year. So I mean, we will see what he can do with Tua coming back. That offense is probably going to really open I up things. I would like to see him and Ruggs line it up. Yeah, like Waddle is going to be super fast. fast. Yeah. All right. That is our show, man. Uh, before we go, I just want to say like a personal thank you. Uh, we've had terrible weather in the Joplin area all week, honestly. It's just been one thing after another. And like being driving around the community today, 
uh, even just being on Facebook, like the first responders, the emergency response teams, the firefighters, there was a girl who got rescued after her car was swept away and they thought she was gone. They found her the next morning. She was okay. Like they have gone above and beyond. So I know we don't, we don't go personal a lot on here, but it's been really cool just seeing this whole area rally again, eight years after the, the really, really bad Joplin tornado um, to the day, actually, um, to see the whole area come together. Um, it's been it's been cool for me. Yeah, it, it definitely is to get that support. Obviously, the stickies always, anytime we need anything, they come to the call. Yeah, all right. We love you guys. We'll be back uh, Monday morning. I'm actually on vacation, so you get Mello and Connor. I know they're going to have a fun show for you, breaking down everything from college football, the NFL, and the NFL draft. We'll talk to you all then.